welcome to the News Agent Podcast. My name is Andrea Warmington and I'm the Senior Content Manager at Good Lord. Today's episode is a recording of our webinar with Julie Ford, the Director of the Hemel Property Network, who is talking about the changing face of property management. She talks to Tom Goodman, Good Lord's Director of Customer Success, about how you can identify property managers that will make your service stand out from the competition. Let's dive in. Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, Myself and Julie Ford, founder of the Hemel Property Network, are here today to talk about the changing face of property management. And Julie, I've just seen the photo that we're we're using there, and I'm I'm wondering whether you might be able to help me change uh, my baby face into something more befitting of a a 26-year-old. Perhaps not your expertise, but uh, uh, (laughs) I'll move on. What Julie and I are really going to be looking to sort of go through today are three key points. How to train and understand the value of property managers, how to identify a fully trained property manager, and why less location and more communication matters. Just before we do jump into uh, those topics, I thought I'd give a quick update. Julie, welcome. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. How, how are you doing? Yeah, hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm doing really well. Um, still not quite crazy from lockdown. I'm, I'm getting through it, not rocking in the corner just yet. <laughs> Good. That was very much me in lockdown one. How 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 have you found the sort of landscape has been affected by lockdown? Um, not so much as lockdown one. Absolutely. I think there's more places that are still open for business. Obviously, the property market is still open for business. So that's really important. So a lot of us can keep going, even if we are working from home and just changing structure slightly. Yeah, no, great. Um, Julie, we're going to jump into uh, all things property management. Uh, so I understand that the first topic we're going to be talking about is the value of property managers and uh, sort of akin to what I was saying just before about people, people in our industry. um, Your first point here is about people, not property. Can you talk to us a bit more about that? Absolutely. I think the thing about property management, it's one of those roles that over the years really has developed and grown and become quite a specialised topic. Gone are the days where we've got property managers that could have popped out and done the post and also run up a tenancy agreement and then done a bit of banking and all this almost giving it a bit of an an office admin role as well. And I think we're long gone from that. There's a lot more specialism behind it. And also, it's very much a customer service role. It isn't really a property role. It's very much about customer service. You've got your client, which is your landlord, because they're paying your invoice. But you've also got your customer, which is your tenant. And that's really important to understand because they're the end user. And they're the ones that have the most interaction with you as a property manager. You're either chasing them for rent or they're ringing you because something needs fixing. And also understanding that person and their situations is really important. And that's something that I'll come on to a little bit later. But it really is more um, about understanding that the role of property manager, um, I think maybe the, the title property manager is a bit outdated and they really should be more a customer service role. No, that's that, that's really interesting. You touch on quite an interesting point. I was sat at a industry roundtable uh, just before the tenant fee ban. And we were talking about customer and a customer in our industry in the lettings industry especially from the point of view of an agent and uh, you touched on sort of two end customers there you've got the tenant who's in the property and then the landlord who owns the property who ultimately is is where you're getting most of your revenue from how, how do you weigh up that balance between a landlord and a tenant as two different types of customer well I think it's about looking at the different 
aspects that they're expecting from you? What is it that they want from you as a property manager? So a landlord wants you to spend as little of his money as possible. Both, however, want good communication. And at the end of the day, that tenant is living in that property as their home. And when they ring up when something is wrong, they want a sympathetic ear and a resolution. Whereas a landlord obviously is coming from it more from a business point of view and wanting more of an outcome from you that is cost effective, but also ensuring that a property manager is being proactive rather than necessarily reactive with these things. Absolutely. And and you've got here as your third bullet point that property managers are, are key to the business. Um, could you sort of explain, you know, why for any of our viewers that may be running their own uh, lettings uh, businesses, why why they should be really taking the role of property manager seriously? Simply because that property manager is probably having more interaction with your clients and your customers than anybody else in your office. Once a lettings negotiator has done their job and rented the property, that's the end of their journey with the landlord and the tenant. The property manager is then there dealing with both parties. And it's how that property manager is, like I say, from their customer service stance is exactly how your business is going to be interpreted moving forward. Your property manager actually is your front of your business. They are there showing you at your best. If you've got a really bad property manager or somebody who can't communicate very well or maybe doesn't have the communication skills needed, then that is how your business is going to be portrayed. And I think it's really important to understand that a property manager, their approach and their professionalism really is how the business is understood by both the landlord and the tenant. And just quickly, because you make some really interesting points there, we've experienced an unprecedented unprecedented time this year. How do you think the potential impact uh, maybe in terms of length of uh, tenancy um, or anything else is is going to sort of ultimately end up affecting businesses and, and property management role in itself? I think that's a really good question. And it's one of those that I don't really have the answer to. I don't have the crystal ball that we all wish that we had. Um, yep. It is a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, you have people that are finding out very quickly that they can no longer afford a property they're in and they're asking to end their tenancies very quickly. But you've got other people that are finding a way to make ends meet, but maybe are choosing not to move on as quickly as they would have done. So we're now seeing longer and longer tenancies. I mean, before lockdown, we already knew that the longest average tenancy is four and a half years. Um, and that's the average across the UK. So I think we'll start seeing more of that. We'll start seeing longer tenancies. Uh, agreed. That that definitely seems to be what, what was being suggested. Okay, perfect. So these property managers sound pretty, pretty important then. How do we identify a fully trained property manager? I think the real key here is, again, going back to the bones of what the job now entails. And that really is the customer service role. I think Absolutely, they need to be trained and understand the law of property. That's obviously key to what they do. But the whole customer service role is really important. Choosing people that have got the life skills to back up what it's going to take to be a property manager. It isn't a very forgiving role. Um, You're in a position where pretty much nobody likes you as a property manager. The tenant is always shouting at you. The landlord's probably shouting at you. And your boss probably doesn't like you very much because nine times out of 10, the complaints always come out of the property management department. So it's really understanding somebody that can really multitask. And I don't necessarily like using that phrase very easily because it's quite a cliche, but you do need to be able to juggle so much going on, but also have the ability to not carry with you a bad experience. So if you've had a really bad experience on the phone with a tenant just now, and the next phone call you're having is with a tenant who's had nothing to do with that situation, you need to be able to switch off and really change your your mentality when you're dealing with the next tenant so that that doesn't come across um, any negativity from the previous phone call. And 
obviously it's ongoing training. Now, you know as well as I do, the legislation in the private rented sector changes overnight. We need to be on the ball. And I think the way we can develop our property managers in our departments is making them almost the spokesperson for the office when it comes to legislation, really giving them a responsibility to educate the rest of the staff. I've worked in um, agencies where the property manager's role every Friday was to literally just go through all the legislation changes, make sure everybody was up to date. And when something was coming into the industry, maybe like the EPC changes or the electrical safety certificates, really being on the ball with that and actually putting in place all the structure that was needed for the agency to then just literally seamlessly have all of the electrical safety certificates in place with no real impact on office admin or anything like that. So I think that's where they're really key. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, uh, especially in in the economic climate that we find ourselves in, and and it could get worse next year. The impact that one of those fines, just one of those fines, could have on a business could be could be so detrimental. So, getting uh, making sure you've got people on top of that is vitally important, in my opinion. Uh, work with loads of customers that are really starting to prioritise their compliance and getting on top of that legislation. So, you know, we likely will have a, a number of sort of business owners watch, watching this. And uh, I guess my question for you in terms of identifying fully trained property manager, it sounds like there are quite a few transferable skills there. Would you would you be advising that there are other roles that people can trans- transition from into property management? And if so, would you have any example for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is really key. you've picked up on a really great phrase there, transferable skills. And I think that's really important because nine times out of 10, when we're looking at at the moment, looking at our property managers, we may be looking at um, a lot younger um, people to come into the office, people like young, vibrant offices, but not necessarily the younger generation have the life skills and experience needed to be a property manager. Because like I say, it is quite a demanding role, not taking anything away from the really good property managers out there. But, you know, people who have maybe taken a break in their career to become a mum, somebody who's being able to manage the kids, the house and everything else, they have got the transferable skills that's perfect for a property manager. They've got the negotiation skills that are going to be required. And I think it's really important to understand that those people are also going to bring a different element and a dynamic to the office, which is going to be a willingness to want to learn. Because obviously, they've been out of the industry or been out of work for so long. Actually, getting back into that is something that they're going to bring a lot more enthusiasm to. But also, anybody that's been in a customer service role, anyone that has been in a position where they are setting a level of expectation to a customer or client is going to be really key to being a good property manager and bringing that person into the industry. Perfect. And I'm, I'm going to put you slightly on the, the spot here, Julie. So hopefully this is okay. But um, just thinking about the practicalities of, of being in a position where you're trying to hire for this role, do you have any good examples or, or one best question that you would ask in an interview of a property manager, just to sort of see if you can pull out any of those characteristics or skills? That's a really good question. And I have never been asked that before. So thank you so much for putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm um, <so> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think really, if I was in that position, the, the questions I would be asking is, how would you deal with this situation? And the situation I would want to, to know about is an angry person on the end of the phone. I'd want to know how they're dealing with that, because how you diffuse an angry situation and turn it into a positive is absolutely paramount to being a good property manager. You may not necessarily get that person the 
outcome that they want, but they come off that phone having a better outlook to the business and the person they're dealing with. So rather than it being a, a necessarily a question, I'd certainly want to, to understand from them how they would diffuse negative situations. Yeah, I think I think that's really good. I, I um, sorry, didn't go into into my role too much, but I headed up the customer success team here at Goodlord, and and we're all about customer service. And I would just sort of add to that point for any of the viewers where, where you're interviewing and say, um, Nate, could you could you explain to me a time when you've had to diffuse a, a a situation? Is a really good question. If you really want to double down on it, ask them them for another example. Because what I find is a lot of people come prepared with interviews, with, with questions, but really asking them to think on their feet about a second example is a really effective way of making sure that you're bringing the best talent into the business. So that's Tom's top tip for you. Um, uh, very much supporting Julie's. Thank you very much, Julie. Uh, I think we'll move on to sort of the next overarching topic, if that's OK with you. And that is why is less location and more communication uh, an important point? Simply because I think in a very short space of time, the way private rented sector has evolved has been phenomenal. We've gone away from people moving to an area for specific reasons like work or to be with family or to move to a better area. The the whole location, location, location really isn't the, the key point why people move anymore. And I think from the tenant's point of view, their first experience with a letting agent is basically the choices they make of whether they move into a property or not. I know that I've worked with tenants who have been really struggling to find a property. So sometimes I'll work with a tenant directly to help them find a property, like as, as a sourcing agent almost. And what I found is, is the key thing of why they're not renting or not finding a property is a bad experience on that very first interaction with a letting agent, which is why I think communication is so much more important than location, because you pick up the phone to somebody who's looking for a property and you're not engaged with them. You're not really interested in what they're saying. All you're thinking about is something else in the back of your head, like what you want to get in Tesco's tonight. That's the first impression that that tenant has got of you as an agent and how they believe they are going to be treated as a fully managed tenant moving forward. So communication for me is literally from the moment they pick up the phone saying, I'm interested in property number two you should be really engaged with that person wanting to know, giving a good customer service from that point onwards. Okay. And you've got em- empathy um, here as, as a key point that, that I wanted to sort of pick out. Why is, why is empathy so important in the role? It's really important, especially now with the COVID situation. There are a lot of people that have lost their jobs, gone on furlough, had to go on to benefits. And it's very easy, I think, as property managers for us to sit there and take another phone call from a tenant or have to make a phone call to a tenant who hasn't paid their rent and just have a mindset of, right, I've got this process of my rent arrears. I I make a phone call, I send a text, I send a letter, we send notice. Just to have empathy with a person in regards to why they're in that situation, why they can't pay their rent. I'm not saying that we have to sympathise in a way of saying, oh, it's absolutely fine, don't pay your rent. But understanding a person's situation and understanding their circumstance can help us as property managers resolve their problem or support them to resolve their problem by signposting them to appropriate services like citizens advice, for example, or local council, or even debt specialists if, if debt is another issue that's stopping them paying their rent. So I think empathy really helps support what I said before about diffusing negative situations. Because when you're picking up the phone to say to a tenant, look, you haven't paid your rent, where is it? There's a way of doing that and still keeping that conversation pleasant and professional. Then there is just picking up the phone and going, 
where's the money? So it really is about, you know, just understanding someone's situation. You don't have to take that home. You don't have to do anything with it. But for that moment when you're on the phone with someone, just empathising with, with their situation can actually help you turn a situation around and, and hopefully get that rent paid. No, I, I definitely hear that. I think um, now more than ever is not a time to make assumptions uh, when, when people are maybe missing rent. Just one, one, one quick further point. You've got why setup is king. What, what, what do you mean by that? Basically, the whole setup of a tenancy is really important. Now, we all know that with, with way good Lord obviously help letting agents to set the tenancy up from start. But really, the key is setting up the tenancy from the property manager's point of view. So once you've got all the paperwork done and it's passed to the back office of the property managers, in an ideal world, those property managers, I would like, to have them pick up the phone and introduce themselves to the landlord and the tenant, because it may be the first time they've ever had an interaction with them. Setting a level of expectation, saying to them, look, if you've got a problem and it's a repair, this is how long we take to do repairs. Maybe have that in a welcome pack that you send out to your tenants and landlords. But once you set that level of expectation and the first communication they have with you is a positive one, that setup is exactly how the rest of their experience will be because they've had that good impact from the moment. And you've done that off your own back, again, being proactive. You haven't waited for something to go wrong to then try and build a relationship with that tenant and landlord. Mm. My mum has always said first impressions count. And it sounds like that that definitely applies uh, in terms of the introduction to the to the landlord. Absolutely. So uh, when it when it comes to sort of Property, hiring a property manager and you're thinking about your portfolio size, how, how many landlords do you think one property manager uh, and, and properties, uh, landlords properties, they can look after? That's a really good question. And it really is going to depend on the capabilities of your property manager. Obviously, somebody coming straight into the industry that hasn't done it before isn't going to manage a large portfolio as well as somebody who's got the experience and the knowledge. But when I was running a property management company, we had um, on average our property managers looking after about 250 to 300 properties. So that was quite a while ago. And again, like I say, it will also depend on the type of properties that you're managing. If all of those are HMOs or if a large portfolio comes along with just one landlord, then maybe one property manager could manage more properties. And also the type of tenants you've got. If you happen to be working in an agency that accepts tenants on benefits, for example, sometimes tenants on benefits can come with a bit more of a chaotic lifestyle and will need a little bit more management in that respect. So again, it's all about understanding exactly what your product is, who your tenants are, who your landlords are, and obviously what they want. Again, level of expectation and it's going to it's going to be a difficult time for our, our audience next year sort of managing the costs of property managers versus you know their ability to, to to go in and do the job that they want to um sort of be associated with their brands are there any other ways that you can help a property manager look after more properties i'm thinking maybe uh, from a tech perspective you know have have you have you been particularly impressed and 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 uh, we we we're, we're, we're keeping good lord out of this it's not about good lord but uh, you know have have you found that any tech companies uh, have have seemed to be something that could could really help a property manager do their job better and look after more Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tech is obviously going to be the way forward for a lot of property managers, especially with the portfolios growing and obviously with legislation and compliance growing. You need to keep a tab of absolutely everything. And sometimes the the basic property management softwares don't necessarily do that straight off the bat. But there's there's quite a few up and coming um, softwares that I'm seeing being developed. One which is quite similar to FixFlow when it comes to property management, where actually instead of just reporting 
solving um, an issue through a software system. If it's an emergency, the tenant can actually dial through directly to an engineer free of charge, and that engineer will talk them through how to resolve an emergency situation such as turn the gas off, turn um, stop cock off, um, how to to bleed a radiator, the, the, the small little things like that, which ordinarily would take up quite a lot of a property manager's time. Those kind of softwares, I think, are going to be really important moving forward because although, yes, the property manager of the property agency or the landlord will be paying for that software, the amount of time that that is going to save a property manager to actually be able to deal with the bigger things that they should be managing, I think is, is going to be fundamental. Okay, that that's that's really interesting. Thank you, and 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 thank you for for covering those three points. I think we've just about got some time uh, just to sort of condense that all into almost like a, a conclusion. Uh, Julie, do you have any sort of key takeaways for everyone uh, that's joined us today? Yeah, I think absolutely the the key point is the property management role is very little to do with property per se. And it really is a customer service role. It is is a people role. Um, It's setting the level of expectation and it's the empathy with both client and customer, so both your landlord and your tenant. And it's just understanding that the, the role of property manager is going to be the face of your your company. It isn't a case of the property manager sits in the back office and just deals with the stuff in a, in a box with no windows. They really are the face of your company. Amazing. Thank you very much. Julie, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate you joining us. And I think uh, everyone would agree with me that that was extremely useful. We've, we've touched on a, a few points there. And, and, and just from a good law perspective, you know, legislation, legislation, legislation is what we're all hit with every day in, in, in our industry. We've produced an ebook, uh, our latest ebook in a series of a few that really tries to dive into the changing sort of uh, or evolving legislation landscape. So please do feel free to uh, come jump onto our website uh, and download a copy. And I guess if you want to hear more about what Good Law can do to help streamline some of these property management services, as, as well as the, the early tenant onboarding side of things, please do get in touch with us. Uh, we're, we'd always love to, to have a consultation just to see if we can help you. We, we do help with renewals and streamlining that process, as well as the change uh, of occupancy piece, which I know can be extremely time consuming when you're trying to get onto calls with uh, councils and water companies. So please do get in touch. But otherwise, Julie, I'll just thank you one more time. We really, really appreciate you joining us. And thank you, everyone that's joined us on the call. Another big thank you to Julie for joining us and sharing her insights on how property management is evolving. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a rating and visit us at goodlord.co slash newsagent for the latest views, news and data from the lettings industry. (laughs) 